0: Um
1: too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy 30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy 30. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for fifty percent off. Visit RosettaStone.com/rs10. That's fifty percent off, unlimited access to twenty-five language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your fifty percent off at RosettaStone.com/rs10 today.
0: You're listening to the Go
1: Birds Pod, a
0: Radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Yo, it is another edition of This Week in Fantasy. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is week 13 of the NFL. It's like crazy to think about how deep into the season we are. And, and it is fantasy playoff time right around the corner so let's get to it as always i'd like to welcome in my guy the co-owner over at footballguys.com and of course the audible eight days a week with cecil lammy follow him on twitter at sigmund bloom my good friend we just spent like 10 minutes chatting before the show as always because we can't get enough of talking to each other for just the time we talk on the air mr sigmund bloom
2: what's up brother week thirteen in fantasy football circles, we know what that means. Some leagues playoffs already started, but this is when it all all the bills come due. You know, the story uh, takes another twist and turn, and the NFL is in a very similar phase right now. So it, it's fun, and I think folks need to know that all of us that that do this are also living and dying with the advice we're giving and the answers we're giving, and re- regretting forever, like on my deathbed. You know, I should have started Amari Cooper, and and that's what week thirteen is about.
0: A hundred million trillion billion percent. Yeah, Uh, I know that that made no sense, but it's so true uh, as uh, it's a big week coming up and I've had many a heartbreak and many a happy week 13. So we'll see how this one does. And that's what Sigmund and I are here for to help you get through that. We can get to the playoffs and go from there. And of course, uh, if you're already out of it, DFS is good too so you know you can always do that so uh, Sigma let's dive in we will dive through every single game on the slate a full slate for the first time in a while no more buys left on the slate so let's dive in let's start with a big one tonight, like at least from a fantasy perspective, one of the better Thursday nighters of the year, I would say, and uh, certainly with NFC implications, the New Orleans Saints, uh, unstoppable, it seems. Even uh, it didn't even they even look good against the Falcons and won by a couple touchdowns. Heading in to take on a Dallas team that begrudgingly, I have to say, has looked better.
2: Yeah, begrudgingly. Well, the Dallas defense hasn't. Very begrudgingly, Segment. I understand. And that, that comes with some weight. Look, Dallas's defense hasn't seen anything like this New Orleans offense yet. Um, quiet Thanksgiving for Kamara and Ingram and Thomas. Look for that to get corrected. Uh, but Drew Brees might not necessarily have the undrafted free agent hit parade this week with Traquan Smith back. You know what you're getting with him. You might get a catch. You might get seven for 150. Dan Arnold's really interesting here. If you're scraping the waiver wire for a tight end. He's a former wide receiver, tremendous metrics. uh, And also Brees trusts him to make plays and he's making those plays Uh, on the Dallas side. Probably you'll see Amari Cooper either see Marshawn Lattimore get double covered. You're probably still going to go with them because Dallas is going to have to get their offensive line is banged up too. They're going to have to get out of this ball control mindset to keep up in this game. Uh, so Dak Prescott is a second quarterback, super flex, maybe a streamer. If you don't have one of the 13, 14 every week starters. And uh, obviously you're playing Ezekiel Elliott, but you might lower expectations here. Seattle's uh, sorry, Seattle saints run defense. Very good. Uh, and, this could be a game that the game script takes as Elliott out of their game plan, at least running him uh, and the offensive line not going to help. So uphill battle for Dallas and it, the Saints are the, peaking too early. If they're playing the Super Bowl this week, the Saints would win. So this is a really rough time. And I'm also reminded, James, that there was a time that we thought that Sean Payton was the next anointed coach for the Cowboys back in the short Parcells era. So there's always subplots there, too.
0: Totally, yeah. man. Sean Payton has uh, had many lives down there in New Orleans. And it looks right now like that was a a smart move, giving him those extra lives. And uh, and as you alluded to, the Saints defense, which looked like it was a train wreck earlier this season, seems to have really pulled it together. Some of the young guys, Marcus Davenport back as well. Um, So yeah, I'm with you. This should be an interesting one. Zeke Elliott in the passing game has certainly been one of the more under-talked about, but interesting developments with the top running back this season. All right, Sigmund, let's dive in to the Sunday slate, as mentioned. We got a full one. We actually have more than three, four o'clock in beyond games. Well, we have four, but we'll take it. A lot of one o'clockers. Let's dive in. Uh, This is one um, that's meaningful for one team, the other one out of it, it seems. But um, uh, interesting fantasy angles in this one. I'm not really sure. Uh, If we're going to see a few of these players who we expect, uh, like Gus Edwards, the Ravens heading in to take on the Falcons. How do you feel about this one, Sigmund?
2: I love Lamar Jackson. I want to get Lamar Jackson in my lineup. And I may regret it, but I I have to choose between him and Kirk Cousins and Ben Roethlisberger in one. I have to choose between him and Russell Wilson in another. And it just seems like he's ready to spread his wings and take flight in this one because we know it's a, a really rough Atlanta pass defense. We know that he's showing a lot as a passer. We know what he can do as a runner already. And it, going to Michael Vick's town, you know, is going to put up a Michael Vick kind of fantasy day. Uh, Gus Edwards got an ankle, so we got to watch that. Maybe Ty Montgomery comes out of nowhere to have some fantasy value. It looks like Alex Collins is on the outs there. I know that Jay, John Brown and Michael Crabtree haven't done much. If you're having to throw someone in as a sort of a Hail Mary, wide receiver three flex type, because it's the Atlanta run defense, pass defense, because it's Lamar Jackson. You like that. And Matt Ryan played fine. Well, even against the saints on Thanksgiving, but those three fumbles in the red zone just crush their chances of hanging in that game. So how does this Falcons team respond knowing that they're basically out of the playoffs? They haven't had that situation for a while, but Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley could have had a massive game. He hadn't fumbled at the goal line. You're liking those plays. Tevin Coleman, not as much. Uh, Mohamed Sanu uh, on the fringe. This could be, We look at the early slate, and there's this game. It's NFC South, right? Look for the NFC South games. This game in Carolina-Tampa could be games that really tilt fantasy matchups because they're high-scoring games. They're games with a lot of drives, a lot of yards, a lot of points.
0: Another game up next, Sigmund, with a, a big question mark in terms of one of the quarterbacks, obviously. And then on the other side of the ball, maybe the best defense in the league going up against some legit fantasy relevant guys as the bears head into new york to take on the giants trubisky we don't know some good players on the giants that defense for the bears has been great how do you feel
2: about this one segment i doubt we'll see trubisky uh, we've seen the bears be conservative about keeping players out we saw them do that with uh, khalil mack earlier this year so chase daniel's fine but you're still lowering expectations for everybody maybe alan robert has a bounce back week because he's not going to be lining up against Darius Slay, Tariq Cohen, Taylor Gabriel seem to be favorite targets of uh, Chase Daniel on Thanksgiving, maybe a little more Jordan Howard, not that we're letting him anywhere near our lineup, but without Snacks Harrison, we're seeing the Giants run defense being a little easier to crack. I know your listeners, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Josh Adams could have had an even bigger game uh, against the Giants last week so uh, when you look at the Giants side you know you got Barkley and Beckham uh, but Eli Manning it felt like there was a lot more meat on the bone that he did not get against the Eagles last week and the the, the Bears that bone is dry and uh, it's going to be I think a rougher afternoon for him so someone like Sterling Shepard I think Evan Ingram's probably not going to go again this week would have been nice to know Giants by the way that he hurt himself in warm-ups a lot of people take zeros for that see some rhett ellison out there but i think this is one where now that we can put to rest the giants can run the table put that storyline to rest we may see them sag a little bit down the stretch
0: yeah i'm actually rooting for them to win some games and they get a worse draft pick segment um but yeah definitely one of those uh, they were a swing team where if they won last week people would have been "Ho oh, ho, they could do it and uh and they lost and that was it thank goodness for that and uh, yeah I think you're right about the Bears I think they're going to play a conservative with Trubisky and I think they probably think they can win this one again with Chase Daniel and I think I think they might be able to so uh, interesting matchup there all right Sigma moving on I don't I honestly don't know if there is almost anything to say about this one but We'll do it anyway. The right. Buffalo Bills facing the uh, somehow the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins have combined to win nine games this year. I don't yeah. even know that's possible, Sigmund. AFC
2: East fever. Catch it.
0: Yeah, buddy. Uh-huh. Well, years.
2: You could say this is like the just every year. It's, yeah. it's ground dog. Hey, here. you know, Josh Allen is a quarterback two super flex. He's adding a lot as a runner. Um he he's got that feel for passing right now. I actually think LaShawn McCoy could be a good play here as a running back two or a flex because Miami's not gonna run away from Buffalo. Miami's run defense is not good. Uh well, Robert Foster the Alabama speedster you see if you if really dig deep uh, uh deep ball specialist with a quarterback with a great deep arm. On the Miami side, it's Kenyon Drake just when you thought you were out. Um, he's more than going to practice this week or at least be limited with that shoulder, but after his, he was used in a much more efficient way, uh, you, you're more inclined to put him in as a flexor running back too. You know what the risk is, but you got a good view of that ceiling uh, with Danny Amendola out. Adam Gase has no choice. He has to play Devontae Parker. That doesn't mean that you have to. Uh, in really, I, I think that what I would like to see here is Buffalo beating Miami so we can get them out of that in the hunt. Yes.
0: I literally was just thinking that segment. It's so funny. I was literally thinking the same thing, especially because our next game is two of those other teams that like and I guess one's played better as of late, but are also two teams that you just want to get the out of the out of the um, picture. The Broncos heading in to take on the now Andy Daltonless Bengals segment. Uh, how big a hit is that? Jeff Driscoll looked somewhat competent last week in in you know in uh, replacement of, of Dalton, but. Um, Broncos D has been solid yeah. at home, but um, this is this looks like it's another ugly one, and certainly a loser leaves town match, at least for this
2: one. It, it could be. Denver's really interesting because, I mean, they did Oakland play them close, but you know, they lost to the Chiefs twice, both times by a score or less. No shame in that. They lost to the Rams by three. No shame in that. They lost to the Texans by two. No shame in that. It's that blowout loss at the Jets that they're like waking up hungover and thinking how did that happen or else we'd be talking about them differently but they're scheduled the rest of the way san francisco cleveland oakland and the, and the chargers who they just be on the road they could absolutely make the playoffs and they're playing hard for their coach uh vance joseph that team still which
0: believes. i did not see coming i didn't but either you said it last time but cecil lammy was all over it but mm-hmm. um i i i really i'm florida i, I, I have really thought yeah yeah, you wouldn't have guessed it, they, but they hey, good go for them, good for him.
2: They love their coach, and they're playing hard for their coach, and I think that uh, Philip Lindsay is the pick-to-click here against that Cincinnati run defense. And Emmanuel Sanders, if you're going to play someone, but it's a very safe, very conservative passing game now. On the Cincinnati side, Jeff Driscoll should get back A.J. Green. We've heard this before, but A.J. Green himself said, yes, he's going to play this week. So while it's Jeff Driscoll, who's rough around the edges, he's a good athlete, and he's a bold passer, at least against a to prevent defense. You, you, you kind of got to play A.J. Green after – even after how things went with Sammy Watkins when he was a game time decision. As long as we see Green get into good practice, you got to play him. It actually makes Tyler Boyd's outlook better, if you ask me, because he'll get le- a better, I would guess, coverage uh, matchups, I would assume, because A.J. Green's the guy you take away there. And it helps Joe Mixon, too. Just helps open things up for this offense. Maybe gives them a little shot in the arm, and they can play spoiler here because Cincinnati, we know, isn't going anywhere. Denver, we don't know yet. Uh, like you said, this game is going to be a big one in determining that.
0: Yeah, it's huge for them going on the road here. They they need this game. It's a great point. And uh Philip Lindsey, man, definitely uh in the running for uh fantasy MVP this year of the guy who was taken late or not drafted at all, and ended up, you know, James Connor, those types of guys. But um, certainly has been a great year for Philip Lindsay out there, undrafted, unbelievable. All right, Sigmund. Uh, this next one, we got some uh, some fantasy goodness. Certainly on one side of the ball is, uh, I know a lot of people were were very sad to not have their Rams on the field last week, but uh, back in action this week, heading into Detroit. Um, Detroit, uh, another one of these teams that that's out of it, but uh, but. Hasn't gotten blown off the field as much as as I kind of expected them to. Probably a tough one this week. What do you think about this one? And also specifically about Josh right. Reynolds. I think that's an interesting topic in here with a guy who had a great game for Cooper Cup uh, in his first start there and will be that guy. But how much is that What we can expect or, or is it, uh, you know, a, a hit or miss type of thing?
2: I would expect expect him or at least his range of outcomes is good enough to put him in as your wide receiver three or flex because it isn't just that he's running routes like say Chris Conley on the other side of that matchup when he was in for Sammy Watkins didn't really add a lot of value to his targets but was able to harvest the value that Patrick was putting them. Josh Reynolds adds another aspect to this passing game that they don't have some size speed combination on the outside and you would expect Darius Slay to match up with Brandon Cooks, uh, Robert Woods could play here in the slot obviously and you're still going to play Cooks but it's Reynolds who's going to get that easier matchup. And obviously, Jared Goff was like a good play. What about Todd Gurley? You're still playing him. Maybe not a DFS pick. Uh, Just want to see if that ankle that slowed him down and also with Snacks Harrison in Detroit makes it a little easier to attack them through the air than on the ground. On the Detroit side, you know that Kenny Galladay is going to get 15 targets. Kerryon Johnson not practicing yet. So you know that Riddick's likely to get uh six or seven catches if you need some cheap ppr points i would not go back to Legarrett blunt even though he made a lot of us look silly for dogging him uh on thanksgiving uh yeah detroit this is definitely a team swirling down the train right now and for the rams a demoralizing team to face
0: yeah they really are the rams just step on your throat and and they don't let it off and i i have a feeling this could be one of those games sigmund uh, the This is a game that, that I'm sure a lot of people thought could have been a battle for uh, division supremacy instead. Uh, one team is is playing really good football, and the other, one of the biggest disappointments of the season, Andrew Luck and the Colts head in to face a, uh, a just disastrous Jacksonville franchise, and it has finally happened. right. Cody Kessler in for Blake Bortles. Sigmund, what do you think about this?
2: Yeah, it all came crashing down last week for Jacksonville. Who, who could have thought? French finals, broken, AM. suspensions, fights. It's all, all come and do. Um, and does that then translate to Jacksonville playing like a demoralized team? And Jalen Ramsey is up in the air for this one. So, but we're watching Eric Ebron missed a practice. Uh, T.Y. Hilton missed a practice. Uh, Marlon mack got a concussion. So there's a lot of questions here, but we know Andrew Luck is going to play outstanding football. Uh they uh we'll see you know Eric Swope can get back on the field. Maybe that's a deep sleeper tight end you could look at. Um and and it could be Naeem Hines, it could be Jordan Wilkins if Marlon Mack isn't there. You know this is going to be a productive offense. Uh so we're waiting to see who's gonna play. But obviously Hilton and Ebron are automatic plays if they're in Ebron had three touchdowns the first time these two teams played. On the Jacksonville side, nobody really I mean if you have to dig deep for a flex play TY Hilton I'm sorry, T.J. Yeldon in a, mm-hmm. in a PPR league, maybe Carlos Hyde in a non-PPR league. Desperation plays. like At least Kessler is going to throw a more catchable short ball, high percentage throws. So that's maybe more D.D. Westbrook than Dante Moncrief. But yeah, th- it's almost like Jags fans. And Jags Nation, I don't know if you have, as a, 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 a Twitter connoisseur, the team Twitters the fan bases they all have different Mm -hmm. character oh oh yeah for sure and the Jags Twitter some of my favorite favorite people on Twitter are from Jags Twitter because well it's kind of like all all of us that have been fans of the Pirates or uh, yeah
0: it's very it's very defeatist yeah exactly
2: so so yeah oh I know some Jags Twitter you become a fan of the game it's like desensitized to it and, and and it was like they had this dream this wonderful wonderful dream that Tom Coughlin came in and got this team together and and everything worked, and even Blake Bortles started to play well, Well, and all the moves and all the pieces fit together and all the free agent signings. And and for a year, it was all perfect. And then they came back the next year, and they were going to one-up that year. And then they woke up and remembered they were the London – I mean, Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: Yeah. The, the, don't – you know, it's London. You got it for right the first time. Um, and uh, uh, like you mentioned, going back to the Colts, Eric Ebron obviously, if active. uh, Jack Doyle out for the season as well. So that is a, uh, a massive upside opportunity there for Ebron, uh, assuming he's healthy. All right, Sigmund, moving on. A, uh, a team that has a be- – the Cleveland Browns have a better record than the Jacksonville Jaguars this season. And uh, talk about desensitized fan bases. Um, as they head in to take on a, a Texans team that – you know has has not looked great at times this year, but certainly coming off a big win on t- against Tennessee and maybe starting to put it together and and this is one of those uh potential sneaky
2: shootouts we yeah. like to talk about, Sigma. Sure, because of the Cleveland offense. playing, And since we've put the rest of the Giants running the table, how about Cleveland running the table? Why not? How about that, it? That Let's go. Playoffs.
0: Let's go. Greg, I, I mean, I hate Greg Williams, but I, I'm rooting for it for the Cleveland
2: fans. Yeah, they've got a legitimate winning streak now, and this is the toughest game they have left on the schedule. They've got Carolina coming to Cleveland, and then they go to Denver and then Cincinnati, and then they go to Baltimore. Those are winnable games. The offense looks a lot better with Baker Mayfield, and he's, David and Joku's come back to life. Probably Jarvis Landry's kind of dead to us. I mean, he blends what, in. What's,
0: what do you think about that? He team? just blends in. Like As a Jarvis Landry owner, especially in a PPR league, I can't tell you no, what you a can't. disappointment he's been. Well, and, and, and do you think, like... I, I, they're moving the ball. Do they just not want to use him? What What is they don't it? need? What, to. what do you
2: look, see in there? I, I like tangents by the way. I like going off on this tangent. Look, they don't Yeah, look. yeah, yeah. So sure. Jarvis Landry was excellent at creating high percentage throws to move the sticks for Adam Gase and Ryan Tannehill. And when you looked at the rest of the Dolphins offense, that was one of their best ways to move the ball. That was, you know, J. I remember all the machinations with the backfield and that was it. That was a way for them to move the ball. Now that they have a legitimate pass offense in Cleveland and a real offensive coordinator in Freddie Kitchens, they can spread the ball around. They can use the deep speed of Antonio Callaway, the route running of Rashard Higgins. Um, this, even Brett, Rashard Perryman's getting involved. Um, they can use David Njoku and his size in the middle of the field. They're using Chubb and Duke Johnson as receivers out of the backfield. And if you're using all these elements well, there's no need to lean on Jarvis Landry. He's just a competent slot receiver, a, a very overpaid, competent slot receiver because in this offense, he doesn't need to be the main means of moving the chains. And it, it, it's evolution, really, that your offense doesn't have to rely on someone like Jarvis Landry, but it does rely on Nick Chubb. And Nick Chubb is going to carry the ball 20 plus times. On the Houston side, just Sean Watson, even if he's only throwing the ball 25 times a game, is looking good. What Kiki Cutie might be back in, but we can't trust him now because as soon as that hamstring even it tweaks a little bit, they pull him out of the game. So maybe you like Demarius Thomas a little bit better here. And Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller. He looks Miller. like Miami Lamar Miller. I don't know if you – Dolphins, University of Miami. He doesn't look like the Lamar Miller that we've seen since he came to the Texans. And he's absolutely somebody you want to try to get into your lineup the way he's playing right now.
0: Yeah, no. I, uh, I had him on my bench in one league, and I was playing against him in the other. So I got the worst – of all worlds watching that, I was sitting there just watching him rumble down the field for 97 yards, and I'm just like, you got to be shitting me. All right, Sigmund, uh, moving on. Um, that, that is a fun game, though. I think it, a surprisingly fun game this late in the season. All right, this one probably less fun as uh, the Arizona Cardinals, just a, a rough watch right now, Sigmund, <laughs> as they headed to take on another a, a not nearly as fun watch as we expected in the Packers. What do you think about this one?
2: Yeah. You have the, the, the Arizona potentially one and done for Steve Wilkes, really, because it feels like I think there was something where it was clear that he's not in the loop on certain decisions. And that's not necessarily something that well for his future so maybe it's the one and done Arizona team and even it, look with all these running backs emerging like Lamar Miller Josh Adams and so on it's not crazy to think about benching David Johnson in a league where you don't have a flex play because this game can get out of hand pretty quickly Green Bay plays better at home so even someone like Larry Fitzgerald who's been scoring at least you're not 100% sure you're plugging him in because the, the Cardinals are on the skids right now on the Packers side it's not crazy to think about Aaron Rodgers on your bench It's just, he's not playing no, oh, well, he's not. He's not. Oh, no question. And, and, no, there's I mean, no question. Randall Cobb might be back. And maybe Echominius St. Brown or uh, Marcus Valdescan. You know he's going to force the ball to Devontae Adams, even if Patrick Peterson's all over him. But this is going to be an Aaron Jones game. Aaron, if you play DFS, you have to play Aaron Jones this week. Two hundred yards, three touchdowns, and you know. Yes. And we'll and we'll see and one and done for Steve Wilkes, and maybe thirteen and done for Mike McCarthy. Uh, may the football gods see it through.
0: Yeah, future Cleveland Browns coach Mike McCarthy. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, this one, a uh, uh, Carolina Panthers team that is spiraling, Sigmund. Uh, after that uh, that bludgeoning they took at the hands of your Steelers, they have not won since, heading in to take on a, uh, a Tampa Bay team that is uninspiring, but I, a lot of fantasy goodness in this game. And, of course, Christian McCaffrey coming off that monster, monster fantasy day uh, and, and a great matchup here. Um, is this another shootout here, Sigmund?
2: It should be. I mean, these. Uh, I I want to say earlier this year, I was looking, and the average. NFC South score between the two teams was 70 the total. Uh, I think none of them were under 55. So think about that as we start seeing these teams playing each other again down the stretch. But, I mean. uh, uh, but Cam Newton obviously is in, and even if he's not getting Ws, he's putting up numbers. Christian McCaffrey. That's that, that's your backfield in DFS. Jones and McCaffrey, and my and mine at least. Um, DJ Moore is arriving. Curtis Samuel. I like against the secondary, but he missed the practice. We're going to watch that. Greg Olson had a big game first time around against uh, the Tampa secondary, but he's not looking as good the last few weeks. Um, Devin Funches might be back this week to mess things up a little bit, but don't go away from DJ Moore. DJ Moore is still going to be an outstanding play on the Tampa side. Jameis Winston, I'm assuming it's like every game that you do okay, you put a game in the banks. No matter how bad he is, he probably won't get benched in this one. I wouldn't expect it. So I think he's still a safe quarterback one to play with a high ceiling. Uh, of course, uh, Mike Evans. Now, last time these two teams played James Bradbury did an excellent job on him. On the other side, Dante Jackson did a great job on Sean Jackson. Uh, but Dante and Deshaun are both banged up. So you might like Adam Humphreys, who had two touchdowns in the first matchup. It was Ryan Fitzpatrick, a quarterback. But I, and it was O.J. Howard getting two touchdowns in the first time these two teams played. So maybe Cameron Brait is one of those tight ends you can plug in if you don't have an automatic play. But yeah, a lot of scoring here. And in general, if you're on the fence between someone from this game and someone from another game, you probably want to go for someone from this game because I don't expect there to be a lot of defense.
0: I'm with you. I, I think this is going to be a, 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 again, sneaky shootout, straight-up shootout, whatever you want to call it. All right, Sigmund, next game. Uh, I don't think I really need much from you on this one, I'm guessing. I think this is as simple as start anyone you own on one team and play nobody except maybe, I guess, the tight end if you need to in the other yeah. chief saints yeah. or chiefs raiders am, am i nailing that one yeah soon? you
1: are we're gonna watch
2: see if sammy Watkins is gonna play and then we'll get i think m- much more than josh reynolds i don't necessarily have confidence that chris is gonna be a good play if sammy Watkins is out but yeah this is a, a hunt hill kelsey mahomes game as in the words of john gruden sickening that's how good uh, patrick mahomes is i <laughs> would be sickened if i was john oh, Green.
0: sickening man yeah sickening
2: and uh yeah the, the, it was a
0: terrible john it, it, it
2: reminds me we were having and this is a very philly thing to bring up i was having a conversation on my radio hit in memphis today about the ranking the rocky movies and i remember when clubber lang said to adrian you know show you what a real man you know like it's like the case oh yeah of he, course Casey can go to oakland to show you what a real team looks like you know <laughs>
0: yeah i think they should do that i think that's a good move um john gruden could certainly use the uh the refresher course i think segment uh year one not great all right this next game also not great guessing not a ton to say about this one maybe a a couple things but the jets heading to uh, how about that heading to tennessee uh to
2: take on the titans what do you think yeah, uh, well, on the Jets side, I don't know who's going to play quarterback. I hope it's not Davis Webb. Um, probably not going to play anybody on, on this side. Tennessee trying to stay alive, stay in the hunt. Um, uh, Mark Mario looks great, uh, but I think you can only take advantage of maybe Corey Davis uh, as a wide receiver three flex. He's been outstanding when Mario has been on the field the last two weeks, not counting the week that he got hurt. Uh, maybe Derrick Henry why you like Derrick Henry is it's a game that they should be up in the second half and Henry should get up to 15 carries against a tired defense. Henry still looks good. They're just not setting him up with the kind of games that allow him to take off. And maybe Dion Lewis also Uh, The jets aren't defending the run very well. So with not much else in the Tennessee offense and then you're expecting success against the jets. That's what we're looking for here. And the jets, you know what we saw happen with Jacksonville last week, jets fans are praying for that at some point, all the way up to the GM. Yeah,
0: as well they should. Uh, I mean, I like Todd Bowles. He's a good dude and all that. But, man, talk about uninspiring. Talk about someone who doesn't seem to even care as things crumble around him. All right, Sigmund, uh, one more ugly 4 o'clock game, and then we'll get to a fun one. Uh, this one, uh, of one team, I mean, Seattle Seahawks are playing well, man. They I, they, they are, uh, I think they're going to end up, uh, I heard uh, Ray Didinger said this on the radio today, and I think he nailed it. They're going to be that. That wild card team that no one wants to play in the playoffs type team. It's looking like the Seattle Seahawks hosting a. Uh... It turns out Nick Mullins is not the next uh, recent coming, next coming of Joe Montana. It's a shame.
2: Yeah, speaking of waking up from dreams. Uh, yeah. yeah, Seattle. That's the team that's going to beat the NFC's champion on the road in a model card weekend. Yep. And then go to the, face the Rams and Saints or Saints and give them everything they can handle, but yep. but not quite win.
0: You could see, uh, yep, yeah. you could see it happening already. Yeah, I could, it, I could I, I've, I know the script.
2: So on the San Francisco side, I feel like you have to play Matt Breida, although game script could cut you off at the Here, if Seattle jumps out to a big lead, Um, little valuation time. I love in my dynasty leagues. This is evaluation time for. I love Richie James. I want to see Richie James get some more action. Uh, But on the Seattle side, run, run, run. Um, Chris Carson looks like he's going to get a lot of run in this one. Uh, Tyler Lockett has been coming through for us. Even if he only gets three or four targets a game, maybe not as much. Doug Baldwin, who needs that volume and not as much Russell Wilson, because again, if this game is 21, three at halftime, then you're just going to see a lot of Rashad Penny in the second half, but you, you have to feel good and you're not going to doubt, p carroll anymore because this team made some pretty significant changes personnel wise some pretty significant changes in their coaching staff in their philosophy and it's taken and we talked about this recently on another show you know just about buy-in and and this team is there it's a it's a beautiful thing to see when a team gets everyone pulling in the same direction i think we're starting to see that in cleveland starting to see that in seattle and those teams are just a joy to watch
0: I totally agree with you. That is, a, I mean, that was what what the Eagles did last year, obviously at a higher level than, than those teams, but um, you know, just everyone pulling together, doing their job and everything working. Speaking of doing your job, we do have one really good 4 o'clock, 425 actually game as a, as a Vikings team that um, hasn't looked as good as people expected this year, but maybe starting to put it together. Certainly the defense playing better. Heading into face... A New England team that is somehow 8-3, but also is, has not looked dominant. They had that huge win over the Chiefs. Um, and an interesting one from a fantasy perspective as well Sigmund what do you think about this matchup
2: yeah the Vikings defense is really coming on um, it, the Patriots defense isn't so you like Cousins and Diggs and Thielen and just use more Dalvin Cook please Dalvin Cook looks fantastic John Filippo, come on man he should be getting five six seven catches a game in a, open field because you can see how much uh, uh, I mean he looks like he's on fire when he's in the open field right now uh, the kinetic energy that collision in the game uh, against Green Bay was something to behold. And for Minnesota, I think that they're, this is, they're meeting New England at the right time on the New England side, and also Xavier Rhodes has that hamstring, so that could help Josh Gordon's case. So great to see Rob Gronkowski back in the end zone scoring. Oh, Got to get him back in lineup. And look, Tom Brady was trying to get the ball to him for another touchdown, and Brady was just off, but Gronk ruling in the red zone could be happening again. This should be a good... Julian Edelman game getting a lot of underneath targets now Rex Burkhead could be back and really complicate things if you've been riding Sony Michelle you've been riding James White you might have to tap the brakes a little bit with Rex Burkhead back out there even though it helps the offense as a whole and it'll be interesting to see if the Vikings defense can put a little bit of their spin on this game because otherwise it could turn into a game like that Kansas City New England game where it's just a quarterback duel because both of these offenses are pretty stacked and at least in the passing game on the minnesota side playing really well
0: all right say so we got two games left one with your team yeah. one with mine let's start with yours and and quite frankly the better game is is a A terrific Sunday night showdown. Uh, Should be a really fun one. I almost hit San Diego there. The Los Angeles Chargers head into Pittsburgh to take on your Steelers. So many Uh, fantasy-relevant players. Obviously, the whole Melvin Gordon situation. What do you think about this?
2: It'll go down to the last possession. I mean, I I have pictures of Alfred Papunu in my head. Uh, it's a hell of a oh, <laughs> reference right it's there. It's just... Uh. So, I mean, on the Targles' side, you're still going to play Austin Eckler as a running back, too, although Justin Jackson will get some run in here. It isn't like automatically you play Austin Eckler. Rivers, of course, against the Steelers. I think you're going to see a ton of Keenan Allen. There's nobody on the Steelers' defense that can hang with Keenan Allen. Um, we'll see if Tyra Williams is back. If not... Mike Williams looks a little bit better here. On the Steelers' side, you, kn- you know how this is going to go. You know, James Conner, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster. God, I love that kid. And, yeah, uh, he's awesome. And he home, plays with such joy yeah, and passion. It, he's so fun. It is just – the Steelers, when they make those wide receiver picks, that warms our heart. Well, what doesn't warm my heart as a Steelers fan is just – it fe- always feels so precarious. You know, you're 7-2-1, and one, you're cruising, and next thing you know – Baltimore's only a game and a half behind. Maybe by this time, Baltimore's gotten the win on the road. Uh, They still have to play the Saints. They still have to play the Patriots. So, deep breath, deep breath. Uh, This is going to be a game where a lot of points are scored. Uh, I think you could see this have three or four lead changes in the fourth quarter. And it's going to be a really good one. And I I think this is one that sets the scene for an AFC bracket that usually is like Gulliver against the, the Lilliputians with the Patriots, but now the Patriots aren't even the giant, that's the chiefs, but the chargers with Joey Bosa back and the Steelers always have their puncher's chance. And now about the Texans, no one's talking about them, which is probably exactly what they want. This is the best AFC playoff bracket in a long time. And this is going to give us a preview.
0: To great point, four teams, or at least uh, you know, seven teams that are seven three, or four teams that are seven three and one better, that were better two eight and three nine two. Any one of those teams could still get the one seed, which is um, pretty exciting as well. To have four teams still competing for that, and like you mentioned, those first place schedules are no joke. Speaking of first place schedules, we're seeing that year too. Let's uh, let's come to my uh, my squad here, Sigmund, a uh, an Eagles offense that has just struggled and, and pulled it together when they had to last week to, to keep the season alive facing a Washington team that um, Colt McCoy's not very good Sigmund So what do you think about this one?
2: Yeah, that was the Rocky story, right? Let's stay with that theme Philly that 19, uh, 19- and it should have been worse. It should have been worse than 193. Oh, it should have been worse. And, and they punched their way out of the corner. You know, Josh yeah. Adams, um, fighting Irish. And he looks fantastic, by the way. Good job, Philadelphia, because this is a reminder that when we're watching the year a player comes out for the draft, we have to make sure if they were hurt to go back another year because you're getting two years ago Josh Adams, who looks like he should have been a second or third-round pick. And I think the. the We'll dissect, and sometimes you can make one move too many. We'll dissect this Golden Tate move for a while. I wonder if this team would be better off if they hadn't traded for him. But I don't think this pass offense has found its equilibrium with Golden Tate. But that's fine because giving the ball 20 or 25 times to Josh Adams behind that offensive line is just fine. But that means Carson Wentz isn't as exciting. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey going up against Josh Norman isn't as exciting. Quick Because it's going to run through Zach Ertz. And I'd love seeing Dallas Goddard, even if it's not going to be enough to make him fancy relevant, I think he creates matchup problems for Washington with their inside linebackers and safeties. Uh, and and you, I think they found something that worked on the defensive side. You're asking. It's it's really like having Malcolm Jenkins play with a bunch of the high school kids. It's like the game you were calling James. You know, and you're just like, have yeah. him back. Have him back there as the last line of defense. I think that he really was the difference between them winning and losing that game last week. And-
0: totally i know exactly what you're talking about it did feel like it was him and just don't read kids in he front was of you telling don't give He's up like go places. there yeah. do this i'll go this i'll cover this whole area just right. do that right. yeah right. That's I I felt you like. to
2: stand there and if someone runs close to you totally. follow them you know um, so it, it, it's watching the Washington side now i will say i'm not going to sugarcoat it and I, I don't think your your listeners would want me to the philadelphia secondary is so vulnerable yeah. Oh, you don't need to tell um, us that. They're both the practice squad players. I mean, we only have Eli Manning literally to thank for the Eagles winning that game last week. Um, yeah. And
0: well, and Pat Shermer for yeah. some reason just making Saquon Barkley disappear. So on the Washington side,
2: Jordan Reed. I mean, after seeing Rhett Ellison running free, you like Jordan Reed in this one. Um, I don't know if it's going to be Jamison Crowder or Trey Quinn, but that's going to be a good matchup out of the slot. And uh, Colt McCoy, very competent he's going to run the plays the way they're drawn up. He's going to be an extension of the coach out there. So I think he's going to have success moving the ball, but you want to see that bend, but don't break defense forcing field goals like they were last week. And, and, and that I think could be the difference in this one. So Cole McCoy is still a fine streamer. He'll run some, uh, Josh Doxon could be an interesting play here. He gets a ton of targets from McCoy. And again, there's nobody in the Eagle secondary that's going to be able to, I mean, you just really want to play that classic, keep it in front of you defense, which is going to be a lot of yardage but hopefully for the Eagles not a lot of points in this one Um, it's probably going to be a game that is it's just going to come down to which team converts better in the red zone because both teams should be able to move the ball
0: yeah I agree but one thing to keep an eye out fantasy players uh, you know you're so used to looking for uh, inactives on offense but look at Jalen Mills Sidney Jones Avante Maddox all three of those guys theoretically could play this week and Jalen Mills I think really has a shot to play and and even though they might not be the best corners in the world, they are all significantly better than Shandon Sullivan and Craven LeBlanc and people I've never heard of. Those aren't- exactly. That's the point, Sigmund. So even those guys serviceable, I would keep an eye out for that. All right, Sigmund, um, let's do what, what I prefer to do. I, we could just do what the whole podcast could be inside your mind. That's my favorite part of the week. Of course, again, footballguys.com. Uh, and of course the Audible and follow me on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom. let's dive in a four pack a classic four pack uh, I had a little fun this week relating things to things that are going on but I, I think I actually have I know for a fact I have one music question I've never asked you which I'm really excited about and I have another music question that uh, I'm pretty sure I've never okay, asked great. you as well. So it's pretty exciting. Um, all right, question number one. Let's start with one of the two music questions. Um, it would have been Jimi Hendrix's 76th birthday this week, I believe on the 27th, November 27th. So um, uh, would have been 76, crazy thing, think, obviously. Um, I guess next year will be 50 years since he passed away. Yep. But um, uh, classic question that I, I've never asked you before, and I can't believe it, but who's the greatest guitarist of all time?
2: John McLaughlin. I mean,
0: quickest answer ever. Yeah, yeah.
2: Boom. Let me say, though, since you brought up Jimi Hendrix, that the best yes. Jimi Hendrix, and I don't think it's even close, is Band of Gypsies. It's, uh uh-huh. It's, I agree. It, 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 I love a Jimi Hendrix experience and everything he did. Now, I'm making this the question that I was hoping you were going to ask, right? Um, oh, I love that, it. No, no, but the if, if Band of Gypsies is like, when I mean, you get him with a band, well, there's a whole story of the Jimi Hendrix thing of like going to England and like what they, sure. Tend, what they turned him into or what he was in that band. And I feel like it's sad. It makes my heart feel heavy when you talk about him passing, because he was just turning the corner into a whole different era of his music. And, you know, this was somebody that when Miles Davis heard him, he like stepped back and said, okay, maybe I should give electric music another try because of him. But John McLaughlin, speaking of Miles Davis, just, um, he could, I mean, he can do anything. I mean, you know fusion uh, like sweet uh, acoustic jazz um some of the stuff he did with he and Carlos Santana had they had the same guru and they did some music together love devotion surrender that's just absolutely mind melting um the stuff he did with uh Shakti um like Zakir Hussain and um just uh, and then, of course, Mahavishnu Orchestra, who did tour uh, like the last John McLaughlin tour, the U.S. tour ever, I think. Sorry, folks, if you missed it. No, um, it
0: oh, yeah, it's like a little late. Thanks, Sigmund.
2: Incredible, though. If you don't know Mahavishnu Orchestra, I don't. Do you listen to Mahavishnu Orchestra at all?
0: I have. I don't. I'm not like a, I. I have in the past. I'm not a big. Yeah, I'm not a bit.
2: I understand. Intermounting flame, but yeah, John jo McLaughlin um, just does incomprehensible things on the guitar, and they always ask him, "What's the secret?" You know, what? When he just says, "Know the fretboard." Wow, nice and simple.
0: Um, all right, I love it, and I can't believe I had never asked you that before. All right, uh, we have another music question coming, like I said, but um, a movie question. Sigmund a movie buff as well, for those who don't know, and uh, uh, like some older movies as well, and uh, actually. 364 days after uh, Jimi Hendrix was born in 1942 and 1943 this week, Casablanca was released. So I actually saw Casablanca on the big screen in Belgium. Oh, wow. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah, it was awesome. But uh, that led me to thinking about that and asking you this, which is a movie question I've never asked you. If you could, for one night, Have any movie re-released in your theater around the block, whatever theater you want, and you can go for a night and see any movie on the big screen? What would it be?
2: A space odyssey. I mean, boom. Yeah, it's 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 um, it's the movie I think that, uh, and really what I would want to do is have that movie on the big screen, but also have my memory erased that I, that I, you know, I've seen it. Yeah. It's a um, great, that's a great caveat. And, 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 and if theater full of people who had no idea what was coming and, and, and just leaves you, you know, that's one of the things about art is it, it's, it, it can be provocative and it doesn't necessarily need to make you feel good or resolved or have a discreet message or takeaway to be, v- very worthy and important art. And I think that some of the other things about that movie that we can't understand is that space program took cues from like the, the Kubrick's image of space travel and 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 what the inside of spacecrafts would be like that was they wouldn't they didn't need any cooperation you know that was all from his mind i mean i might be overstating it a bit but i know that he actually influenced the space program um so when we were you know now we go back and watch something like 2001 and we say like well that's a kind of ho-hum but at the time it was something out of our mind's eye that hadn't been realized yet not to mention the things that that film gives you to grapple with and i want to say the voice of Hal just died recently right i did yes yeah. yes i saw and, that and 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 i mean so i did a movie character draft once uh james and i had to make sure i was the one that took Hal. i mean Hal's just oh, terrific just in just uh, like tr- truly david uh, i'm afraid i can't let you do that um david but you know just the idea of a death the death of a of a um of artificial intelligence and what that would be like and so many other things. So I think that 2001 was one of those movies that there was, that, that nobody could have even contemplated that they would experience something like that at a movie theater until it happened.
0: Terrific, terrific answer. All right. We have one more movie question coming, but first uh, one of the four, this week I had four questions last week. I had forgot that you were going to go inside my mind. So I just picked, my favorite one, so uh, Thanksgiving, of course, it's always good to give thanks, so why not give it a week later? If you had to pick one content provider, whatever you want to say, but like one musician or music or movies or this or that or whatever, one one person whose content you've absorbed, a writer, whatever it is, who you're most thankful for,
2: who is it? Um. Yeah, I mean... I, I, I have to go back to stuff i discovered when i was in college and it was um i mean i'm, I'm really on the fence here between so i th- I think that because you can pick two no no it's know. fine you i mean part, part me, around. you know part of me wants to say bukowski but but i'm older and and i think some of the stuff that uh, that bukowski stirred up or that resonated with me when i was younger is doesn't it, it doesn't it doesn't resonate in the same way. You go back and, and read Bukowski now, and you, you see more of his anger and more of his bitterness, and Bukowski, and this is something I shared with him, that idea of like, I hate you all, especially me. Um, feeling rejected by, say, I hate this world, and it's so lame, and everybody's so lame. Why doesn't it accept me? Um, but it, it, I think that going back, and another author that I read in college, that I just had to read everything. Once I read Slaughterhouse-Five, I had to read everything. That Kervan Vonnegut wrote, everything, everything, and Vonnegut also had his own personal problems and had his, um, his 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 life problems and was angry and but there's such a strong humanism, but and especially great for these times, James. You know, like there's a humanism and the keeping that human spirit alive and acknowledgement of it, but at the same time a, a resignation you know in buddhism i guess would it be like sorrowful gratitude right yep. um and and it just is is his stuff is just dripping with it you know there's not any answers in vonnegut except try to take care of each other and that's the only answer there really is and there's so many moments and lines in his books that have stayed with me i mean i could get emotional just thinking about like in um Jailbird, I think it was when he said, when they're they're talking and say something like um, you, you weren't a real person, but you wanted the things that were someone that real people wanted. So you were, you know, you had a good heart, just the same, you know, and things like that. Like so many things that I think I felt like I was looking in a mirror when I read Vonnegut's books where um, that, that sense of, emotional distance but at the same time like the crushing weight of everything all at once and uh i think it's it's been a lens for me to experience the human stories that are going on because so much in our lives are trying to get us to focus on other things and that's really still the only story that's happening
0: terrific terrific answer as always all right last question a a classic movie question another one i've never asked you and i'm surprised i was i was going back through it but uh uh, thriller was released on friday this week obviously one of the all-time great albums the one of the best selling albums all that so uh not favorite per se but but what's the best album ever
2: it's gonna be a cliche okay Of course,
0: sometimes I'm a big believer in cliches.
2: Cliches for yeah, of course, and I'm not going to go deep here. It's dark side of the moon. Boom! It's dark. Great answer. Dark side of the moon, and look, even down to the cover art. And by the way, I just, um, uh, love my, like eight, I just got a, a blue, I feel like I'm getting into the 21st century, a Bluetooth record player. And I love, hey. I love getting my record collection out. Um, because it makes listening to music a ritual, you know, it's, it's, you take your time. The art is, is 12 by 12 or even like a fold out and, and you take the record and you very gently place it and you very gently place the needle on and there's the, 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 creates the moment of anticipation right we don't have that anymore that idea of music as a ritual but you even get to the cover art of of dark side of the moon where it's the white light that turns into the rainbow and back into white light and and the 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 album begins and ends with heart a heartbeat and it's much like i was talking about with kurt vonnegut like taking the heartbeat like what this is this life that we're all part of and refracting it out into these big concepts money time, us and them, you know, um, that, that are running through our lives. And I really feel like Radiohead is the, 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 the the descendant of Pink Floyd in this way where it's very psychological music. Um, it's very much about universal, like it's the, 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 the paradox, right? Like the universal sense of isolation, right? Like we're all united in how alone we feel. And, uh, I think dark side of the moon, the dark side of the moon represents like our, our, our psyche, like in, in our subconscious, our unconscious, our collective unconscious, that thing that is pers- has persuasion or influence over us that we don't totally understand, but we can still feel it. Like, watch the tides. That's the moon. You know, we don't totally understand it, but we feel it and we participate in it. And, you know, I mean, the raw feeling of uh, the great gig in the sky, uh, and you think about what that represents, you know, fear of death and what's beyond. And, uh, and, um, and then it's all wrapped up in their own feelings about, um, about Sid Barrett and 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 how they were working through that. And you can actually watch Pink Floyd Live at Pompeii. And the best concert film, you didn't ask me this, the best concert film ever stopped making sense or maybe The Last Waltz, but Pink Floyd Live at Pompeii is one that has to be discussed. And there's actually a lot of footage of them making Dark Side of the Moon while uh, in, like it's interspliced with the, some of the shots, uh, some of the songs from Pink Floyd Live at Pompeii. And uh, Dark Side of the Moon is one of those albums. And James, I think you'll understand what I, I'm about to say. It's like a friend of mine, you know?
0: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Exactly what you mean. It is a, it's a, a, a time and a place. It's a memory. It's an all of it. It's everything. But um, awesome. That's why that's my favorite part of the week. Sigmund, thank you as always.
2: Oh, always a pleasure. I nothing, I like nothing more than to hear myself talk and give my opinions.
0: <laughs> well, well, we certainly appreciate those opinions each and every week. Thank you, Sigmund. And we will be back again next week. Week 14 as we start fantasy playoffs for most league. Maybe a final week of the season for others either way. Good luck this pivotal weekend. And uh, if you're just rocking DFS, good luck in that as well. And uh, again, uh, hopefully a lot of wins for everyone this weekend. And as always, go birds.